Hello world, and welcome to Take a Dump. I'm your host, Jenny Tran. I'm a music educator and singer-songwriter who also loves advocating heavily for mental health. In this podcast, I'll be telling stories about my life-changing struggles with anxiety and how my healing process is going in efforts to show that no one's ever alone in the struggle of coping and healing. And since anxiety oftentimes rides alongside gastrointestinal issues, sorry for everyone in the middle of a meal, I thought of mental health the same way. You'll feel a lot better when you speak your truth and let out anything that had been festering inside your soul. Or whole. (laughs) If this intrigues you, hop on. Get your Miralax and tissue box ready because it's going to be a bumpy ride, pal. Hello, world. Welcome to episode 8 of Take a Dump. It's been a while since I've been on here well over two weeks I need to actually start um, just just getting into recording more episodes because the truth of the matter is it's been very good for me to record these episodes and yeah I guess I'll preface with what's been going on with me for the past couple of weeks I did go to a doctor's appointment that I had scheduled, geez, like a month and a half in advance. I guess my doctor's like really high demand and I had to really wait that long for that appointment, but I'm really glad that I scheduled it and left it there so that I would see what would happen once it came time for that appointment. And sure enough, I talked about how in the last episode where I really needed to be uh, psychologically evaluated or get a psychiatric evaluation so that hopefully I could get on meds for my flashbacks and other things that may be ruining my serotonin intake. (laughs) Um, I went to my doctor. I asked her if there was any way she could refer to me a psychiatrist because all the other places that I've checked out have been booked and she basically said that within her network there's a behavioral health program but the issue is I am going to have to get into therapy in that in that specific network too so it can't just be the therapist that I'm currently with. Um, so I was thinking, you know what? I could probably work with two therapists, one psychiatrist. I mean, I wouldn't find an issue with it. Perhaps that therapist probably has a specialization in a specific thing that I could look into. So, yeah, I'll keep you guys updated about that. This is something that I really want to do moving forward because... It's just been nuts the past couple weeks. It's been better. Um, But um, I did happen to get a text, or rather three texts, from my mother, whom I will now call my egg donor. (laughs) And I know it sounds bad because I'm just reducing her to that, but it just feels better when I can detach myself from it. You know? But anyway got a text from her and it was just like ridiculous 
because it was just like, how are you and your brother doing? I don't want to impose or bother you guys. I just want to know how you guys are doing. And I'm sorry I've been wrong. And in my head, I was thinking, like, wrong for what? Wrong about what? Just, just, just tell me. Just don't be shy. Just fucking tell me. <laughs> I, I just found it insane, like, after a lifetime of enduring that, I did that that that's the apology that you could cook up for me i don't know i just thought it was weird but anyway this is not what this episode is going to be about okay i'm just giving you an update but what i do want to talk about to kind of piggyback off of the last episode and the episode before that is to talk about my inner child healing so inner child healing was something that i started um like early early 2021 so that was early last year it was just something that i was interested in because um inner child work for that matter because i was uh also looking into shadow work and shadow work is essentially um things that you need to do to address your shadow self and your shadow self is things or personality traits that you have that you tend to hide from the public things that you may be ashamed of or things that you feel need fixing and the goal with shadow work is to essentially bring your bring your parts that represent your shadow self into your true self so that you could kind of lead this authentic life or at least that's how i interpret it many people interpret shadow work in different ways although yeah i'm not certified or versed in that matter but the sentiment really resonates with me just just things that you would ask yourself or questions that you would ask yourself in order to really look from within and understand are a lot of the things um are a lot of the things you you think about or the things that you do is are, are those things that you enjoy or are there things that you feel um would help you fit in better into society like is that really what you like or is that something that you do out of fear of being judged you know but yeah that's that that shadow work but um, inner child work is kind of like something that you could piggyback off of, you know? And inner child work is essentially work that you do in order to address certain things that have happened in your childhood. Now, it's necessary to think about things that happened in your childhood in regards to trauma and all, those, and all that stuff because it really shapes how we view life now you know, our personality quirks and things like that, a lot of those things can be traced back to childhood. And I didn't think about it that way before until I started diving deep and understanding that shit, a lot of the trauma that I, that I have really shaped how I am right now. What I did was 
I read a little bit of a book. I forgot the name of the book, but this book uh, came with assignments on on what you could do in order to connect with your inner child and eventually start peeling back certain banana, or I don't know why I thought of the banana analogy, but yeah, like, it's just, a, you know, peeling back a lot of layers of things, getting to the root of the issue and understanding where a lot of your personality quirks, maybe some of the negative ones that you want to fix. You want to know where they came from. One great assignment from that specific book is the inner child meditation. And what you would do is you would close your eyes and you would rest your hands on your knees as you would a regular meditation. And then you would take a few deep breaths and then as soon as you settle yourself in, you want to picture yourself going down a flight of stairs. And I specifically pictured a staircase, <laughs> like a very, a very dark staircase, rusty, rusty stairs. I don't know why I thought that much in detail, but I was thinking about, you know, there were like st steel stairs and I was, I, I was walking down on them and I got to the most bottom floor. Anyway, so I did that and while I was um, making my way there, once I got settled into that place, I ended up waiting. I think the book told, told me to give yourself a few seconds to wait until your inner child walks down those same flight of stairs that you had just walked. And it can be your inner child at any age doesn't matter, but what matters is you would then greet your inner child at whatever age they may be. And then you would then, um, you would then say hi and you would first apologize to that inner child for not advocating for them sooner. Something along those lines. Taking accountability for for what had happened or, you know, neglecting that inner child. Because that, that that's the truth. You know, as adults, we go through life without being really present with ourselves or or conscious of of what we do in terms of projecting onto other people or any other things we're not aware of. So that in turn can be interpreted as neglect to your inner child. You know, it, it may depend on the circle that you hang out with. There's a lot of pressure, maybe even judgment. If you end up hanging around a group of people that don't make you feel safe or you feel like you have to put on this face in order to fit in, that's a way of neglecting your inner child, but that's just a, that's just an example, but you get the gist. So you apologize, you take accountability. Once you do that, you wait until the, you wait until the inner child warms up to you. And so it would take a few meditations 
And for me, my absolute first meditation was fucking heartbreaking. I remember sobbing in my room and I just couldn't breathe. It was insane. It was a very nice moment for me to feel like I was human again and that I was finally gaining control over over something that I thought I had no control over, but it was really heartbreaking because I knew that it would take a couple more meditations for my inner child to warm up to me and start speaking up about things that she had kept buried. So yeah, that was it. And so I've done a couple more of those meditations until my child, my inner child started warming up to me and I would get uh, moments where she would tell me, oh, this happened at this age and that happened at that age. And I was amazed by how my brain would just remember all these things because I feel like there's a lot more to learn about or to remember about these certain events. And so it's just been a very rewarding piece of work because it gives me a chance to personify my um, my my um, my mental kind of um, gripes. <laughs> it gives me a chance to personify those those mental issues, and I get to um, apply them to something much bigger. So. Whenever I would get a flashback, I would think of it as my inner child talking to me. And I would, in turn, pull myself aside and try to hug, try to hug her, which is really just me hugging myself, crying a bit, you know, reassuring her, this is not like whatever happened to you was not okay and you're safe with me and everything will be all right thank you for trusting in me to know this information you always want to make sure to thank your inner child each and every time you get a chance to talk to them um like thank you for under for understanding what i have to do to gain to regain my trust in you or to regain your trust in me like thank you for making me aware of that but also thank you for finally trusting me in this information now i will take action now i will advocate for you so yeah and then a lot of this inner child work is very reminiscent of just reparenting yourself because a lot of the time we were invalidated as children and so it's almost like you get to reclaim your power and understand that you can very well be the adult that that your inner child would have needed at the time so yeah um i started with that meditations i also keep a designated journal for for my inner child it's called letters to my inner child and I would always write in that journal in case a memory comes up and I need to talk to her personally. Well, not always, but 
Um, when I feel like I need to write it down to keep record of it, I will write it down. If not, uh, pulling, pulling myself aside and talking to myself and in turn talking to my inner child also helps. But I'm glad I've made it to the place where she can trust me so now I can finally advocate for her and do things for her that she wasn't able to do before. So, yeah. And the goal for this work is to kind of kind of morph your child self and your current self together. So it's similar to shadow work where you merge those two types of characters together. And it's just it's just really healthy because you you finally get to be yourself in the sense where you key back into the things you loved as a child with when you know back to the times where you loved certain things and you didn't care about the judgment of others because the judgment of others was just a foreign concept to you so yeah so I started with that and there are certain actions that I've taken in order to heal my inner child so there's some stuff that so uh, number one is I've been leaving my room messy, which is like very surprising. Uh, if any of my friends would hear this, they're like, the fuck? Like, no, Jenny keeps everything clean. Yeah, not anymore, bitch. Not anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I leave it moderately messy, you know, like just, um, some things are out of place here and there. Sometimes I would leave a receipt or two on the floor. I would take a long while to put my laundry away after washing it. Things like that. Um, sometimes I would keep my desk a mess if I have sheet music lying around. If I have uh, my songwriting journal lying around. I Usually I have a designated place for it. But if it's on my desk and if it kind of looks like a mad scientist's desk, well then fuck it. I'll, I'll pick it up later. Um, the reason why I've decided that that leaving my room messy would help me was because I've keyed back to when I was a child. I would be hounded numerous times to just pick something up then and there, just right at that moment, like, fuck everything else that I'm doing. And, and, and I would just be screamed at if I didn't do, if I didn't clean things right away. So, what I did instead is to leave things a mess. And I've realized that my, my cleaning was something that I took so much pride in. I... I, I would just overclean every single day and I would just be like, yeah, that's just how I am. But I would find myself just being very uptight for one and for two, just like scared. I'm like, if this, if, if the floors aren't top notch clean all the time, well then I guess I go, I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> like I, and I would let my inner critic take control sometimes too and just be like, yeah, you're a lazy bitch if you don't wash the dishes every day or if you don't like sweep under the rug every single day. Like, 
just putting really hard demands on myself. And now that I realize, drawing back to the inner critic episode where I talked about how your inner critic is mainly manufactured by your caretakers, the voice of the inner critic, that was something that I that 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 I've realized that my demands on me cleaning all the damn time was all like those demands came from voices that were manufactured by my caretakers. So yeah, some things are out of place here and there in my room, but I don't give a fuck. Like since leaving things the way they were, to an extent, because I do clean at least once a week, (laughs) um, I've just felt a lot calmer. And I finally started dedicating things to or I finally started dedicating time to things that I enjoyed, such as scrolling through TikTok. <laughs> I need to work on that. Or like, you know, watch a TV show, maybe journal a bit. I do have to get back on a morning routine. I fell off again. It's like, fuck. But I'm not gonna put pressure on, on myself. Because the moment that I put pressure on myself, that's where I, that's where I fall off completely. So yeah. Eventually, I'll get back on it. And yeah, so number two, um, another way I've been healing my inner child is just asking questions. And I could be asking questions with anybody, whether it be my friends, whether it be my boss, uh, both of my bosses, really. Um, this is something that I'm still working on. I have a hard time asking questions, and I've pondered on the reason why that would be the case today, just today. And I've realized that uh, growing up, I was told to be blindly obedient and being blindly obedient was the way. And if I were to question anything or to ask anything, well then you're, you're a piece of shit child. And you know, if I question authority, then that means I immediately disrespect them. And we know that's not true, but that's how the older generation sees it. And disrespect leads to punishment, which I've dealt with plenty of times. So, yeah. I've just been trying to do the opposite now. Um, And it's, it's been tough. Not gonna lie, because especially when you ask questions with your boss, I don't know what it is, but my landlord even too, like I I just have a hard time trying to ask questions with people in a place of authority of some sort, just because of how I was conditioned to believe certain things as a child. It's something that I haven't really let go entirely, but I'm, I'm really working on that and I'm realizing that just because they're at a place of authority doesn't mean that they're not human beings. I mean, I've met them before and I know how their character is. They're not going to be assholes all of a sudden and just flip a switch. They're really kind people. Like, I'm really glad I have a nice landlord. I'm really glad I have really nice bosses. Like, they're not going to be asshats out of nowhere. Like, just ask the fucking question, Jenny. <laughs> Maybe it's something that I have to talk to my inner child about. <laughs> the many times that I've been punished for asking questions. I'll just uh, listen to her and see what she has to say about that. Maybe she has something valuable to say. 
maybe I have some valuable advice to give her. But yeah, um, number three, I've been paying money more so for experiences rather than material things. And this um, specifically means I've been paying money for vacations or certain activities. Uh, that rage room that I had talked about last episode, that was definitely a great experience that I don't even think is a waste of money at all. And, you know, as a kid, I was taught that, like, traveling, thi- traveling and doing things for fun is a waste of money. You should just honestly uh, pile every little last cent of cash just in case of the apocalypse. I don't fucking know. But in a way, I empathize or I understand at the time because I've always grown up in poverty and that's just the mindset and I get it. But at the, yeah, but at the same time, you know, there's ways to go about making experiences and I just felt like it, 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 it didn't happen for us. But it's fine. Because I'm making it happen for myself. <laughs> and also, I don't know if I've talked about this, but another way that I've been healing my inner child is uh, riding my scooter on bike trails. And having a scooter period is just healing my inner child as is. And I really thank my brother because he was the one that bought me that scooter for Christmas. And before we moved out, I think this was just like a month before we moved out of... Um, my egg donor's house. Uh, I remember just 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 testing out the scooter a little bit, just for like three feet, four feet, just a few feet. And she'd be like, "No, you can't take that outside because it's so dangerous." And I also vividly remember when I would have a bike as a kid, and my egg donor would would buy said bike, but I was only allowed to ever take it in this big public parking lot that was just next door to our apartment building, which I never understood. Why the fuck would you let your child run free in a public parking lot where cars go in and out, but you won't let her ride around the fucking block? That makes no sense, but you, you know what? That, 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 that was my childhood. She just didn't let me go anywhere. <laughs> and so I've been taking my scooter on bike trails, and these trails would have like so much incline, and I would be so damn scared going down those trails. And then my inner voice would, would, would try to fight me, being like, Bitch, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to die. And then that, that, that would almost never be the case. You know, I end up realizing that I have more control over my scooter than I had initially thought. So, yeah, fuck off, inner critic. You can go suck it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, been taking it, taking my scooter down bike trails, and it's just been amazing. Um, yeah, that's what I've done so far in terms of healing my inner child, really just making a more practical experience out of it, hands-on, if you will. Just, um, 
I've just realized that with the many letters that I've written to my inner child, there was a lot of like promises that I made, like I promise you'll be safe here and I promise you'll be safe there. So it's just very important to be very hands-on with the experience. Uh, figure out what you're doing in your life so far that's not honoring your inner child and see how you could flip that a bit. And just find a very short moment with whether it's um, whether it's really short or not to honor that human being because they really need it. But yeah, um, wonder what, what's you guys' favorite um, movie? I think I'm gonna end up putting that in the uh, polls or maybe just a question. What's you guys' favorite? Um, child movie or movie when you were a child one of mine's is like robin hood i also like power ranger turbo that's cool but yeah i specifically liked robin hood because of the animation and it just looked really cute and at the time i was five years old i didn't fucking understand what the plot was about i ended up re-watching robin hood as part of my healing around 2021 right when I started the journey. And I just remember being so fucking mad because I was just like, man, this is about corruption and taxes and I'm an independent contractor and I had to pay so much in taxes. It sucked ass. And I didn't even work a lot during 2020 to be paying that many, that much in taxes, but I I fucking did, and it sucked, but it's okay. Water under the bridge. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being a fucking goof. All right, anyway. Yeah, love Robin Hood. I also love watching... Oh, wait, I had mentioned uh, Power Rangers Turbo. You know, as dumb as the movie is in context now, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's classic fucking classic. I'll, I'll watch it again. I don't care. But yeah. There's that and I specifically like watching my scene, like the Barbie series, my scene, Jammin' in Jamaica. That was one of my favorite movies as well. I had watched it like sometime last year and I definitely want to watch it again. Messy. Fucking messy storyline, you know. Um, River and Madison, who's supposed to be Barbie's friend, and River happens to be Barbie's boyfriend. Like, they had this weird friendship that didn't have much boundaries, and Barbie was just heartbroken, but there wasn't really much uh, apologies from River. It was just, I don't know, it was half-baked. Poor Barbie. Like, I, I, I support her in dumping River. Dump his ass. But anyway, um, <laughs> there was, there's that, and yeah, so I, I'm really curious, I need to know what, what, what you guys' favorite childhood movies are, I think that'd be pretty cool, but yeah, that's all I have for you for this episode, you guys, um, if you guys feel oh so compelled to explore your inner child, do it, do whatever makes you happy in this moment fuck everyone else and yeah do whatever 
do whatever your heart so desires. Because, you know, life's too short. I, I always say that we live on a floating rock, literally nothing's real. So why should we, you know, have to pander to a bunch of people that don't give a shit about us, ever? So, yeah, always remember, floating rock, nothing's real. Fuck it. Just, 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 just go crazy. Let your balls hang out. I don't know. But yeah, um, inner child healing. Hope you guys learned something from this. And yeah, you guys could catch me on my website, JennyTranMusic.com. If you have any questions or if you want to share one of your favorite childhood movie titles via email, you could email me at TakeADumpPodcast at gmail.com. I have not checked that email in a while. I'm going to see if there's anything. I haven't gotten any messages yet. But yeah, um, when, wherever you guys are listening, I hope you guys have a fantastic day, night, uh, afternoon, and I'll catch you guys next time. Bye! Love you!